Good afternoon, my friends. Welcome to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. This is Dr. Drill. Pardon the road noise. I'm heading at a high rate of speed up Route 476 in Pennsylvania, otherwise known as the Northeast Extension. Thought I was going pretty fast until I got passed by a Dodge Caravan going ludicrous speed. Probably driven by a Mennonite. Look at the beautiful foliage. A lot of reds. Okay. That pigment, red, the red pigment in foliage is due to anthocyanins, I believe. Uh, Cyanide, you know, so it's got these certain type of chemistry in it that makes it turn red, and then there are uh, shades of orange which, uh, during which carotenoids are being expressed. You know carotenoids by beta-carotene, which is the plant version of vitamin A, and you find vitamin A in carrots, so orange like a carrot. green pigment obviously is chlorophyll I forget what yellow is but obviously that's a combo of red and and uh, orange so well this is a pretty good week pretty good week my friends you know helped a lot of people had a lot of laughs I got some new jokes. I uh, got on this dad joke page. So here we go. Let's see what we got. Uh, did you know that uh, Yoda, I don't know if you Star Wars fans out there, knew that Yoda actually has a last name. Have you ever heard it? Yeah, it's uh, Yolehi-Hoo. Yodelehi-Hoo. Right, it's pretty good. How about this one? Um, how do you mend a broken pumpkin? With a pumpkin patch. Or how about this one? Oh, yeah. Man, it's a beautiful week, a beautiful day to get out there and go on a bike ride. My bike's, I'm worried about it. It's not standing up on its own anymore. It's too tired, I guess. Get it? Too tired? A very peculiar one that has been over people's heads is uh, this old doozy. You hear about the new corduroy pillows? Yeah, they're making headlines everywhere. Headlines, corduroy. I guess, you know, I've asked some... I told, like, a 14-year-old girl that the other day. Just, man, just been going crazy with my jokes. I enjoy them because they make people laugh. And people... They're stupid jokes, so people... They get up. You know, you do the... oh. Uh-oh. Or they try to, like, hit you. I had a, an older woman today try to, like, smack me when she was prone on the table. Like, like stop telling me those stupid jokes. And my wife is on me, on my case. She's like, stop telling me those stupid jokes. You know, I'm out of here. Call me a cab. I said, okay, you're a cab. No, call me a taxi. Okay, you're a taxi. 
that's kind of dumb, but there's an image that came with that. So, uh, let's see. What else we got? Yoda. Super color. Oh, yeah. You hear about, um, Julie Andrews from, uh, fucking, what the hell's the name of that show? The Hills Are Alive. Oh, The Sound of Music. Julie Andrews from Mary Poppins and Sound of Music. Yeah, I mean, she's, she got tired of, uh, she used to be a spokesperson for these lipsticks and, and uh, other cosmetics, and she could not work. She couldn't, this particular type of lipstick it was so cheap. She was complaining about it because it would break up and uh, it would get in her mouth and make her breath smell. She said it was, uh, she's tired of this lipstick. It was too super color, fragile lipstick. Gives me halitosis. <laughs> the super color, fragile lipstick was giving me halitosis. <laughs> That's funny, right? What else? I got any more? I got any more? Oh. Hey, you know, I was thinking about getting my window for the uh, the fall. My window's looking a little bit ratty at the office. I want to clean them. Go in there and take some Windex to them. The cleaning windows is really such a pain, though. Get it? Pain? Window pain? Ah, fuck it. Listen, I like these little stupid dad jokes. They're funny as hell. And they make people think. They challenge folks a little bit. They challenge people to think differently. So expect more more dad jokes because I think it's funny as shit. So why am I heading up 476? Why am I after a long work week what am I doing screaming up the northeast extension through the foliage when I should be sitting on my couch petting my dog and uh, getting ready for dinner. Well, I'm going to pick up my dad. Any of you listeners might recall that uh, I mentioned earlier in the week, I guess it was this time last week, that I had spoken to some family and uh, they had a little shit storm up there come and clean. Got a pretty complex situation. There always seems to be something like that with my family. Like, my family of record. Uh, you know, I got a lot of family. I have blood family, which which is what I'm talking about. My mother, my father, my sister, my niece, my 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 nieces, my uh, great-nephews and nieces. I, is that who they, they are to me? I don't, I don't, my cousins, what do you call them? They're my family. And, you know, I have other family, many surrogate families, my wife's family, my many friends that I would consider uh, closest family, my marine buddies, those guys, you know, family to me. So, many of my patients I'm close with. Uh, I just, I love people, man. I really love people and I, it's within me to open myself up to, to people to care about them and to listen to them and to to be a friend 
to have a friend, you got to be a friend. And so I try to be that. So my parents are in their 70s. My dad's 75 years old. He's a hell of a guy. He's a man's man. He was a lineman for 35 years. They always, we lived in the Jersey Shore, which was beautiful, but in the summertime, ironically, it sucked because there were just droves of people, you know, lined up trying to also get onto the beach, and they would flood our communities, and it was just, you know, it was a lot. So we always tried to get, I mean, it's wonderful, uh, the, the bay, the beach, the community, it's, it's an awesome place to grow up, but talking about Ocean County, New Jersey, but it's condensed, it's, it's, it's uh, population density's up, and it just kind of started sucking, so, and, and you never really want to be where you're at, right, most people want to, they want to escape, so we would escape to the mountains, which is where I'm heading now, which is where my parents decided that they would retire. So from the time I was in the single digits, we had a cabin up in the mountains or land up in the Catskills, 10 acres on top of a mountain. I can smell the little streams as you go around those windy mountain roads and you unlock the gate so that no pedestrians, no nobody without land ownership up there can get beyond this point and then you traverse up these rocky paths for another mile or so and there you are in our property and the little uh, beautiful chalet that would overlook the swath and these these hillsides and the foliage up there and the smell and the of the earth and nature the creatures that you'd encounter it, it's a, talk about alive talk about leaving you with a sense of awe that is what nature does if you give it an opportunity get out there and you smell that earth and you stand on it and you sit on the on the uh, you know you can take a hike and sit at the base of a tree and watch the creatures just just live you know it's it is as bigger than us this world and so um Anyway, I grew up going up to the mountains, and I, I love it. It's a very special place to me. So my parents decided that they were going to retire up at the, our vacation home in the mountains, but it was off the grid. It uh, it didn't have electricity other than generator power, which we had a gigantic generator and a well 700 foot deep and um, flush toilets and hot water and a whole nine yards. We had all these things, but, you know, you're not really getting cell service. You're not, it's not practical to grow old up in the mountains like that. So my parents bought a place, they sold that, and they bought a place uh, equally, if not more beautiful, but closer to town in a little town called Unadilla. And they had this idyllic uh, lot cabin on 30 wooded acres with a pole barn and a, a separate garage and a little shop. I mean, it's just fucking awesome. So they had all this. In the meantime, they were um, 
raising my niece, who was a teenager. She grew up in the mountains, going to school up there, and there's just not a lot up there, really. She, uh, they, they spent a lot of their their retirement raising her and eventually raising her, helping her raise her kids. And you know, my parents are 70. They're in their 70s, right? They don't need to be doing this shit anymore. Um, there's always a complex dynamic between my mother and father um, in the way that old couples love and simultaneously hate each other. It's tough to, tough to watch that. I've seen that in um, many different shades of that, being just a student of people and a doctor. You know, when a couple comes in, and they kind of nitpick each other, give each other shit, but, you know, they love each other very much. My parents are like that, but about a decade ago, my mother filed for divorce. She wanted, she had a three-quarter life crisis, decided she was going to go out there and, and uh, you know, do some things that she hadn't done in a while. She wanted to go dancing. She wanted to be romance. She wanted to uh, take college courses. She wanted to be free. And so she did. She was for um, several years. She was out there on her own, and but she only lived like 10 minutes from my father. And so that was convenient, right? Because they could still uh, stay in touch and support one another. Three hours from their closest relative, me, who's raising, busy raising his own family and running a business on all nine yards. So... They lived up there, and they did their thing, and everybody was okay. And time doth pass, you know, so with time, memories fade, you get old, you get frickin' cranky, your joints ache, you start to have some medical concerns. Now we're at that point where my father has had a couple major medical issues. He had a... a um, an AFib, atrial fibrillation, which is a, a little bit of a, a, a electrical issue with his uh, chambers, his upper chambers in his heart. And so that just kind of leads to an inefficiency, and if untreated, it can cause problems. And um, So we got it treated, got to put him on meds. Next thing you know, he had a stroke. He had a minor, or I'm not going to say minor, but he had a he had a stroke that spared his motor capacity, so he was able to, he's got full strength, his short-term memory sucks, and uh, he's got some cognitive issues now. So I hope he's healing from that, but it's tough when you get up in your 70s and uh, Father Time is doing his work with you, and next thing you know, you've got a fucking stroke. Right? And then he needs help, and my mother's been moved back in with him, sold her place, and has been helping him. And they've lived together ever since, and then my niece lives, moved back, and she's got her kids, have rooms in the house, and a bunch of animals in the house as well, dogs and cats. and Things are just getting a little bit dicey. Anyway, so they had a blowout. All that to say, they had a blowout fight. My niece and my mother and shit about the kids and this, that, and the other thing. And my father's in the middle of it. And then her, he and my mother 
we're going back and forth and so I get a report about this I contact my father on Saturday and say hey just to let you know if you ever want to come stay with us you're you it's encouraged come on down and I guess he mentioned it to my mother and the next thing you know my mother contacts me and says he would like to live with his son so it's happening she packed all his shit I'm sure I got a big a bunch of uh, luggage and all kinds of stuff staged when I get there we'll pack whatever we can in the back of the truck and have a meal see what everybody thinks about this and what the plan is and we'll execute the plan I'm going to take it back to my house we got a, a four bedroom in suburbia and uh, we're going to give him that room give him use our spare room and <clears throat> eventually maybe finish the basement he can live down there so you know it's kind of scary it's scary to think that your parents whom you've needed for so long and then finally uh, you know left them to their lives and you've uh, put yourself to work on your own literally to work like I I have a business. I pay taxes. I'm raising my family. I've got a, got a football game to go to tomorrow, you know? My sons. You know? And it, it takes... It seems like sometimes it takes everything you have just to hold your own life together. And then something... Uh, maybe the world, the universe senses that you've... That you're handling things way too easily or something. I don't know. And it says, hey, you can handle more. So my father's going to come live with us. Mike Oberst is a man of few words. He's a great guy. He's got crazy stories. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot to offer. And I had hoped for many years that I could somehow get closer with him and um, become closer for you know both our relationship, he and I, and also for my kids to get to know him a little bit more, you know? Like they really don't know him to the point where, you know, tender moments are few and far between. He hasn't really... Um, spent a lot of time with them and that's my fault and that's his fault you know my dad's the type of guy who just kind of like oh, I don't want to bother anybody I don't want to be a burden to anybody how you doing you guys doing okay okay you're raising your family just like I raised my family I know it can be stressful good job son oh look at the cute grandkids oh look at these pictures of them great job what is he positions he play um, how you how's your business how's Mandy and then that's it. Then you don't, you know, you never become closer than that. And maybe you're not supposed to. Maybe you don't need to. I'd like to think that I would be closer with my children 
as they as they get older, you know, and I get older, and we reflect upon, you know, our times together and, and hopefully stay close. I feel that my wife, Mandy, is a catalyst to that. You know, she's a, a lover and a and really family-oriented person, so she's going to make sure that we all stay supportive and together and in proximity because it's really not who where you're at it's who you're with it's a lot of travel and a lot of things that we'd like to do and see but I think that these are our best days right now with the family and some of our adventures and stuff that we've gone on and we hope to do more many more but they're very special times so Yeah. So here I go. It's uh, almost 6 p.m. on a Friday night, and hell yeah, I'm tired. I got my Marine Corps Whoopie blanket. It's like a camouflage poncho liner that'll keep you warm, keep you cool. It's a miraculous garment. I have that in my rucksack, and I've got a change of clothes and some jammies and toothbrush and deodorant and uh, that's it some sleep meds so I don't you know my mind's not running wild all night and I can actually rest up that's what I got so I'm going up to pick up my father my mother what about her well I don't I don't know that, that's a strange thing my mother seems to be very okay with uh, with me taking him to live with us. I I think she knows on some level that it would not really work for her to come live with us. Now, if she needed me, then I'd fucking be there for her. You know, I love my mother. She's a wonderful. She gave birth to me. She's responsible for my presence here on this earth. And she's a wonderful person. And she's also a very complex person who, uh, I don't know. I think she shoulders a lot of responsibility for so many people, like a lot of mothers, every mother. You do, do, do for everyone else. And then at the end of the day, you are miserable. You know, note that I've said that about me, that I get like that. You know, I give until it takes from me. So that is a family treat. It's not unique to us, but it's uh, it's definitely something I get from my mom. She's a, a consummate helper. I mean, she, she likes to do for others. But then her cup runs over, and she bitches about it. And then she becomes a very negative person. So her and my father, like I said, love-hate relationship... They built a lot. They they've uh, perpetuated their species, and I'm here to to you know to tell about that. And I owe her my life. But if she came to live with us, I'd probably be looking at a divorce because she can be a pain in the ass. That's terrible to say, but trying to be real here, fuck it.
So my father also, he is, uh, he requires more care at this moment. My mother is strong. She's got her head on her shoulders. I think she just needs a break from everybody. I think she needs to let everybody else handle their business. Let my niece raise her own kids and, you know, find her way in life. Because if I don't intervene now and I don't take my father down to live with me, at some point soon, somebody is going to become genuinely sick and I'm going to be needed anyway. I'm the closest in proximity to them and so I'm the best position to help. We've got some room, we've got some love, and we're just going to do our best. So we'll see how everything shakes out. I got about an hour, an hour and change to get to their house. And there's going to be a plate of lasagna waiting for me and an apple pie, I'm told. And I'm going to freaking have a little chat with them, my mother and father. And then I'm going to, we're going to hit the rack and first light tomorrow morning, we're going to beat it out of there. So we'll see how this whole thing goes, you know. Um, I am a little scared, you know. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like you know, you know what you got. You know what you, uh, you know. At the end of a long work week, and I, my family, we typically get together, and we sit on the couch, and we just kind of like everybody seems like they've been ridden hard and put away wet just with school and work and we finally made it to a quasi finish line maybe we got a football game or a cheer event the following day and we use that weekend to decompress and also dig out from under some of the stresses of the week and prepare for the following week so now rather than doing that I'm going to pick up my 75 year old dad and it just it's adding another it's like a juggler and they're juggling half a dozen things and you're like oh how about I throw this in there so you throw them another ball and hopefully all they can keep it going you know so I'm a pretty decent juggler but uh, this is interesting this is definitely an interesting time in my life that that I'm doing this so it's worth recording hope I'm coming through clear this is interesting I'll end on this note I got a call I got a text message as I was flying up the turnpike here it was uh, a tech person, a, uh, an IT person from one of the institutions, one of the colleges I work for, universities. So she says, hey, I just want to reach out to you. Uh, we got a letter from a student, an email that said, uh, I really think that Dr. O, because um, I stopped I throttled back a little bit. You might 
remember me talking about this in a podcast from months ago. I throttled back on teaching these particular courses for the for one of the universities. I started teaching one class, and next thing you know, uh, uh, two years later, I'm teaching five, and I was happy to do that. You know, I took on all this work because I love that material, and I enjoy the interaction with the students, and it's a little extra money, and so on and so forth. So, I had some issues with, uh, you know, right during the pandemic, I'm teaching, everything went online, everybody's, it's like a pressure cooker, everybody's up each other's asses, they started giving me grief, a few of them started being real assholes, um, giving me shit, and it wasn't my best work that I was doing at that time either, so some of it was probably valid, the complaints they had about me, but because of that, I was just like, you know what, I don't need the bullshit. I'm going to keep teaching these classes that I teach, but I'm going to take these other ones where I'm getting the grief, and I just don't want to deal with some of these students again. I don't need it in my life, so I said, you know what, I'm done for this coming semester. So, everything's cool, but I kept in touch with a few of the friggin' students that I had a really good relationship with and a few of them have reached out and said oh Dr. O is the best I, I really appreciated him and so this young I think the same young lady is kind enough to reach out to the administration at the at this one institution and said Dr. O is the you know really good and he you know, really we overlooked how effective his approach was and now that we've had some other teachers and who replaced him and so you don't know what you got until it's gone sort of scenario. I really appreciate the kindness. And this friend of mine uh, reached out to me and said, and told me the same thing, that they had received word, and you know, Dr. O, and, uh, uh, people really appreciate Dr. O, or sad that he's not teaching these courses anymore. And furthermore, they were looking at the... Um, my reviews, like my, the course surveys for another course, like a doctorate level course that I teach, and everybody, they were like glowing, students really liked me, so the reality is, and I guess the moral of the story is, this is a tough time for everybody right now, I uh, use this phrase pressure cooker more than a few times at this point, and it is that, you know, this is, this is tough, a tough time to be alive. Right? A lot of people at each other's throats. A lot of, uh, there's been a uh, many catalysts have been added to the, an already complex America. You've got the political strife, the election season, right? You've got the pandemic. You've got civil uh, and social tumult. Some uh, protests and riots and uh, blue shirts and red shirts and all this shit. So it's just a tough time. What are we going to do? All we can do is do our best and, and reach out to people and be kind and try to help. And so it is nice every now and then for 
for somebody to, you know, reach out and say something kind, though, especially today, because, as previously stated, I got some stresses upon me, some unknowns, so it's nice to know, a nice little boost to my, my confidence that, uh, there are those who think that I'm a, a pretty decent guy and teacher. So, we'll end on that positive note. Alright, I'm going to let you guys go. I'll reach back out sometime over the weekend, perhaps, or early next week. Enjoy the foliage, love one another, and uh, stay motivated. <laughs>